one body, one baptism, one spirit. Today in the weekly Kingdom Outlook, let's get started. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you, and I'm so excited, man. Getting ready. This is uh, Tuesday uh, on, what is it? Ooh, February 4th. It's Valentine's Day. forgot because I'm cooking my wife a meal here in a little bit. Um, I hope you're having a wonderful time with your uh, wife or husband, uh, maybe your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, having a very special night's Valentine's. I hope you uh, do that every night. Uh, have a very special time. I'm. This is our 36th. Uh, I guess 36, maybe 37th, I don't know. Valentine's that we, well, this is our 37th year. So Valentine's uh, together. So I'm very excited about it. So um, uh, we don't go out normally. Uh, we, we just normally stay home and cook and have a really nice meal and um, and just have a good time. So we're not a big, let's go out and spend a bunch of money, people. Uh, so we don't do that. Um I don't know what you're doing. What do you why don't you write in comments? Tell me what you and your wife or you and your husband did uh, Valentine's. Let's keep it clean um, and do that. But I want to talk to you about the body of Christ today. I want to talk to you about um, this thing. I'm getting ready Thursday. I'll be driving up to Ashbury uh, to the revival going on there. And um, why? Um, why does God... Um, how do we enter by faith into what God's doing there where you you might not be able to go? How do you enter into faith and receive what's going on there if you can't make it? And I want to kind of um, explain that a little bit. How, I, um, how I've learned to partake in what God's doing, even if I can't get there. But in this, this week I can, and I'm going to get up there. Um, so I want to share this with you. I want to give you a principle of the scripture of that we're one body. Now we we know that we think about it. Oh, we're one body. We're one body. But let's read this Ephesians chapter four, verse four through six. We'll just read a little scripture here. It says, "There there is one body, one spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you receive. In other words, only one way to God, one hope, Jesus Christ. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all." who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all, and living in us all. That's just a wonderful scripture. In other words, there's not this Messianic Jewish faith. There's not a, by the way, there's no old covenant to deal with. Okay, that old covenant passed away. Uh, God declared to the Jews, I'm going to make a new covenant with you in the prophet Jeremiah. Some Jews don't like that. Um, that's explained in Romans chapter 10, because they rather have the right, righteousness that comes from works than by faith. But let's talk about those that are in the body, okay? There's one baptism, there's one faith, there's one Lord, there's one God over us all, um, there's one hope in us all, Jesus Christ. Um, so what does that mean? How do, how do you start understanding that? Let's just take a congregation, because this might visually work out better. You know, it was oftentimes where we'd go to prophetic meetings, there would be sometimes 100, uh, 200 people. In our school of prophets, we had over 100 people. Um, you know, I've been in meetings where there's 200 people. I prophesied, by the way, I taught the prophetic in India to 5,000 face-to-face and 14,000 online. I mean, no, I couldn't give them all a word. 
I couldn't give them all a prophetic word. That would just, just be crazy of me to do that. All right. So I actually lined them. I laid hands on all of them. But as the Lord would lead me, I'd get a word for about one every 15. And I would tell them, if I give someone a word and you hear it, and that's the breakthrough you need, grab it. Grab it. Why? Because it's for you. you. Go, wait a minute. It wasn't given to me. This wasn't necessarily given to you directly. This is a letter written to the Ephesians. But by faith, it becomes yours. Okay? Here's, here's the principle. Okay? In 2010, I was shot. You've heard the story. I don't want to tell the story. But I was, I was in the hospital, and I got shot through my calf and my toe, my big left pink, my big left toe. <laughs> went right through the nail and they had to take off the nail i didn't want to go and and i was kind of i'd grown attached to it and they said no we got to take it off i said well you're not getting near that unless you give me something because well the doctor is gonna give you you know some shots in the toe some local i said no no you don't understand you're not getting to the foot like i'm not even gonna let you near it unless you give me something because well you're on morphine i said well you know they weren't giving me a lot of morphine i said that morphine stopping right around my knee. I could feel everything else. Now, I wasn't. She goes, well, you're not. Why are you not complaining? I said, what good is it going to do me? It doesn't make it go away. It is what it is. And she goes, I said, look, I need the Cadillac. And then you could get to the toe. So she comes back and she gives me the shot. But, you know, she didn't give me the shot where I needed it. She didn't give me the shot in my calf or in my in my toe. She gave it in the IV on my left arm. Why? Why would you do that? Why? Why? Why would you not do it where it's needed? Well, because actually, just sticking the needle in might have caused more trauma, right? So sometimes God puts that shot in a different part of the body, but it's actually meant to help you the most. I remember when she gave me that shot. I swear I felt like the Invisible Man. You ever see the old Invisible Man where you'd see his his body, his flesh would disappear, but you could still see his bloodstream. As it, as it went through me, I could feel it go through my bloodstream. And then I couldn't feel anything anymore. And uh, within 10 minutes, the nail was off. I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't feel, I couldn't feel anything. It was wonderful. And it was needed. It was just a. It was just a shot. It lasted about maybe an hour. So I don't even know what it was. It was. It just really killed that pain. And I needed that because you know I was in enough trauma down there. And you know, sometimes you're sitting there in trauma. You've got pain. Um, I know people that sometimes they're in pain. It might be financial. It might be marital. It might be looking for romance. It might be looking for a new job. And all of a sudden, God, there's a breakthrough. But the breakthrough seems to miss you by like 20 feet. And the prophet comes in, or the apostle, or the past, whatever. And they give a word. And that word is the word you need. Or you find out this person over there, they got a financial breakthrough. And all of a sudden, you're like, Lord, I've been crying out for a financial breakthrough. And you go, what? why did you give it over there? Well, because sometimes in our trauma, Listen, sometimes in our trauma, we don't receive really well. Sometimes in our emotional state, we don't receive very well. And sometimes God speaks to us, but we don't receive it because we're in so much pain. It's like, I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I, we need to hear the testimony through someone else. 
We need to hear the testimony sometimes through someone else. And just like she gave me a shot here, but it was for my left leg, that's how the body works. See, every time the body gets a breakthrough, every time in a congregation, that's why people who don't belong to a church and, and, and don't understand this, they don't get the breakthroughs they want. They, 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 I don't know anyone. Let's, let me explain to you. I don't know anyone who's thriving spiritually in Christ who's not connected to the church. I don't know anyone like that. I do not know anyone like that. Maybe there's someone out there. But it's usually not the multitudes that are doing well. There might be one individual out there. But would you rather try to go the one of a billion or would you like to try to go the prescribed way of God, the body? That's why it says do not forsake the assembling of your hair. When you, when you reject the body, you reject your own lifeline. Bill Johnson used to say this. It's only the banana that's pulled from the bunch that gets eaten. Scripture puts it this way. The new wine is in the cluster of grapes. It's not in the solo grape on the side. This is why the body's important. But you might need a breakthrough. And this is where I might be contending. But all of a sudden, this couple over there get breakthrough. Now, here's, here's what I have to do. Let's say I'm believing financially. If I will not get offended that they got the breakthrough and humble myself and go up to that couple or that person and go, look, I really could use that breakthrough. Would you pray for me that I would have that same breakthrough? Number one, why is that important? Because you're humbling yourself and that's kind of key. But also, most likely their faith is so high, so high because of the breakthrough they just received, they have extraordinary faith to impart. And it becomes, it becomes that plug that fits into the socket. And a lot of people don't understand this. Why didn't God? And they go back and they're miserable because someone else got the breakthrough. They're miserable because someone else got it and they didn't get it. And then they curse God. They complain against God. They yell at God. And they're only going to frustrate their own life. And there have been many times where my breakthrough seemed to hit. I'm going to tell you one instance where I really had to deal with this in myself. Because I learned this a lot of times from... Uh, the Lord correcting me. Number one, don't always get jealous of the other person because you don't know what they're going through. I remember sitting there one day in prayer. We, were, we would meet at church. This is 25, God, it's almost 25, almost 30 years ago. We would meet early on a Friday morning, all the men. We had this prayer meeting at the church, five to six in the morning. And we would meet there. And we just come in and pray. There would be about a hundred of us. And I remember one Sunday, and I, I, I was praying for God for, for a business, for financial breakthrough. And I remember that this one guy came in and they were congratulating because he had started his own company and store and he got into the mobile business where he was selling mobile phones. And I remember that crushing me because I had been praying. And the Lord rebuked me and he said, you have to rejoice over someone else's blessing. Now, the Lord wasn't necessarily, what I didn't know is like that guy's blessing was actually a fraud. He got arrested uh, uh, six months later because he worked for the welfare system downtown and him and his four, three friends had conducted a scheme and they had stolen 
Now, but the Lord told me I can't, I have to rejoice in another person's breakthrough. He, why didn't he expose that person? He, why didn't he tell me that person? Because the Lord was instructing my heart. He wasn't dealing with his, with me. He was dealing with my heart. My heart was crushed. My heart felt like God had passed over me. My heart felt like, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? Do you understand? So it was from that moment that I learned to rejoice in everyone else's breakthrough. I learned to feel so joyful for everyone else's breakthrough. That's really easy for me to do now. And sometimes it's still challenging. Sometimes there's still a challenge, a twitch. You know, I have to bring my heart into... Sometimes the enemy tries to tempt me with that. And I have to go, no, I just rejoice over their breakthrough. Sometimes I even pray for people's breakthrough. By the way, when people do me wrong, I actually pray for blessing. They actually become the top of my list in prayer that I would bless them, that they would be blessed by God, that God would bless them. I, I do, because I don't want to curse. I don't want my vessel to be filled with cursing. So I bless them. Look, here's the point. <clears throat> Your breakthrough that you're praying for didn't miss you. It went over there. You go, why is it over there? To make you jealous. Because you might just be angry. And the way God exposed my, my attitude was by putting a letting someone else look blessed. And it exposed my attitude. Sometimes God honors people we don't think should be honored. Sometimes God honors someone who should be honored, but you feel less honored because it wasn't you. And you got to understand, you, we must come to grips with, when anyone in the body is exalted, the body's exalted. If we don't lose heart, if we don't grow weary, if we don't grow complaining, if we don't become envious, James 3.13, read it. Envious is when my heart is bitter for someone else. Jealousy is when I recognize the blessing of God. I go, Lord, I want that on my life too. When I see the anointing on someone, I'm like, Lord, I want that anointing. You know what I do? I go up and say, man, will you pray for me? When, I, when somebody gets a financial breakthrough, I'll go up to them, hey, man, will you pray for me financially? I, need, I want to go to another level of financial breakthrough. Will you pray for me? <clears throat> if I grow bitter... If I grow envious, that is actually demonic and not holy. But it's right to recognize the blessing of the Lord and go, Lord, thank you for breaking their breakthrough into the body. Now, Lord, let that. Yes, that was in the arm. I need, I'm a leg, Lord. I'm a foot. I need it down here. Would you allow, let it flow in the body to me? So the whole body, my whole body became blessed. My whole body was affected by it. He wants to affect his whole body. What happens in today's church is we're jealous for people. We're, we're envious of people who have breakthrough. And this creates YouTube channels. This creates, um, you know, websites. People literally create things to bash other people. And they're Christians. And they don't realize that's like cutting off your own leg or your own arm, or plucking out your eye. Read this in 1 Corinthians 12 if you want to read it more, because it does instruct on this. That we're supposed to sit there and rejoice, and we're supposed to realize, man, that, that toe, I can't believe God exalted that toe. 
But it says we're not all toes. And a, to a foot can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. We're all needed. We are put in the body as he sees fit. And he desires to bless the whole body. Sometimes it's directly and sometimes it's indirectly through the flow of the body. But the blessing of God is to touch every part of his believers. That's you and I. If we don't grow envious, if we rejoice in it, the provision's on the way. The breakthrough's on the way. Wow, that girl, I know she was looking for a husband for so long. And man, God better. I'm looking, I've been looking for a mate for a long time. Lord, thank you. There's a breakthrough. There's a, there's a blessing, a divine blessing that's coming on us right now for those who are looking for a mate. Right now, Lord, thank you. Oh, that couple—they've been trying to have a child, and and I, me, and my my, you know, uh, spouse—we've been trying to have a child, and, and and oh, but Lord, why, Lord, thank you for the breakthrough over there. Now, Lord, thank you that the body has the breakthrough. You can go up to that couple. We've been praying for so long. Would you just pray for us? For God has blessed you, and I know that what He has put on your life, He'll put on ours if you'll just pray for us. It takes humility. It takes, it takes humility to do that. <clears throat> but that's, that's, sometimes that's not the way people act. But it's the way he desires us to behave. Amen? Amen. I thank you for listening today. God bless you, and you have a great day. Bye-bye.